1: Good morning, beloved family. Hello, dear ones. How with you? how are you? Um, I am. Um, um, I'm hearing myself in a little echo here, but I'm so happy to be with you. Um, I haven't been almost all last week and yesterday. Um, uh, we've been running encores. I'm so sorry that I've missed you like that. Um, several people have called the station, so. Um, the station thought maybe I should just let you know I was I'm fine, but um, I got to a point yesterday uh, last week that I couldn't walk or move or do anything and they found a internal cyst at the base of my spine that tied up all my nerves and um, it's kind of... You can't function with something like that, so um, they're taking care of me, and I've got me on steroids and pain pills, and I'm feeling terrific, and uh, they're going to work with it, so all is well. I just needed to be gone those few days, so I'm back. I'm with you. I love you. We need to stay together during these times in the church and in the world. Um, God is on his throne still as crazy, as crazy as things are getting, and so... Between the evil of our government, the uh, threatened lockdowns, the threatened mask mandates, the threatened um, vaccination mandates, the evil from the top of our country and the top of the church, pure evil that you can't go to church unless you've been vaccinated, it is evil. It is evil. Uh, The church is on earth to save souls, not bodies. And in fact, uh, any pretense to save bodies is also false, because um, COVID is not the um, the evil it's being made out to be. Nor is Delta the variant. So we have, and the church is being destroyed. um, uh, The uh, church, the uh, Pope's motu proprio *Traditionis Custodis*, uh, trying to shut down the Latin Mass, is. is an evil, it's an attack on the church, it is not of God. And uh, top prelates, Cardinal Burke, Bishop Athanasius Snyder, Cardinal Gerhard Muller, good canon lawyers like Father Gerald Murray and others, uh, have all said that the liturgy of, it is the property of the church, it is given of God, it is not the property of a pope or anyone else to abrogate it or do what he wishes with it. the this Holy Father has made it known that it's his intention um, not just to um, um, let me enforce what he has written but to really shut down the Latin mass altogether and uh, have spies out in the world it's it's an insanity what do we do what do we do with our children can we be forced to be vaccinated um, what do we do if we can't have church what do we do um, I'm in the middle of putting together, I've said this before, but we keep having interruptions, our first newsletter since we're in Beloit, Kansas, and I'm going to lay out a plan for us. Uh, The newsletter, you probably won't get it in your box before early fall, but you're welcome, if you're not already on our mailing list, email and or regular mail uh, to go to our website, www.motherofisraelshope.org. Just click on newsletter, and on the top, you can sign up for it. Uh, regular mail again, or email, or both. We love when you get regular mail because we always have a holy card or a DVD or a book or something in there for you, and if you get it by email, you won't get that unless unless you request it, which is fine. So um, I found an article by um, Bishop Athanasius Snyder, and he grew up in what is already in our country, but not quite as bad as he had it yet in a communist country, uh, Kakazan. Um, he is the um, auxiliary bishop of Stana in Kakazan, and um, he grew up in this uh, communistic system with no priests, with no mass he is one of the holiest most wonderful faithful prelates in the church today and because he had a mother and a home life and i don't i don't know what part his father played as much but they were married he had a full family his dad worked and his mother taught them at home and that's they never could go to church so um The state of the world does not determine our outcome or our salvation or our holiness, nor does the state of the church or even the sacraments. We determine that because God has given us faith and he will never abandon us. And so it's the time now, the biggest strategy is not to go out and get guns and kill and not to lock ourselves off from the whole world and and go into a cave. The biggest strategy now because it's the only salvation of the world and civilization is to return to what the family is to be as God has called us to be. And five years ago, I'm reading this wonderful article and amazed uh, that it was written five years ago um, and appeared on LifeSight News. And so um, I'm going to read this to you because it is the battle for the soul of the family. And beloved, If you don't know what to do in this time, and you say, yeah, that's very nice, Mother, but we got to have other strategies here, this is the strategy. Well, what if our children are taken from us? Well, what if? What if they're taken from you, but they haven't had a home life, they haven't learned their faith? What would their future be? Teach them their faith. Love your husband. Love your wife. Lay down your life for one another. Forget all that's gone on up till now in your homes, your families, your extended family. Forget it. if you're married, you have a vocation to get one another to heaven and to get your children to heaven. The church is not doing it right now. You must do it as a family. If danger comes upon you, you will have children that may be separated from you. I don't want to scare you. I don't say it will happen, but it's happened in the past, and I, I, I don't doubt that it could happen again. Um, let them be children who are prepared, who know their faith, who know that though they're separated from their parents for a time, if that happens, uh, or you're separated from one another, you're living the faith, you're uncompromising, you're little martyrs in the world, and you trust whatever God has ahead for you, um, This article, again, I'm going to read the introduction to it. Um, It was written by Pete Belinsky, and again, from LifeSite News in 2016, uh, May 27, 2016. I tell you, it's not old news. Um, It reads this, As the battle for the very soul of the family and all its members intensifies around the world with the push for sexual anarchy veiled as education, the undermining of what is truly masculine and feminine in the name of gender rights, and the destruction of marriage masquerading as equality, a spiritual leader who has, that's Bishop Snyder, a spiritual leader who has suffered under the terror of a communist regime, has laid out a survival plan for Catholic parents who find themselves in a secular, relativistic, and hostile environment, but who simply want to raise their children to become future citizens of heaven. Bishop Athanasius Snyder of Kakistan told LifeSite News in an exclusive interview earlier in 2016 in May that Catholic parents must take seriously their first duty of raising their children in the faith if, ch- if their children are to overcome the negative and even hostile influences that are pressing in from all sides and seeking to destroy. And I'm going to say, I'm going to add to that, negative and hostile and utterly dangerous at the moment um, and threatening. And you, you're going to say, "This is, Mother, this is just, uh, come on, you, like a cup of tea to what's needed. No, it's not. This is God's design. He's given us no other design for the building of his kingdom. We have abandoned that design. We have abandoned. Whether or not the evil of today would have taken us over as it has, I have no idea. But long ago, Catholic families have abandoned, abandoned their vocation. Uh, their, uh, now this is my comment, not the article. Um, Abortion is the same rate as the world. Divorce is the same rate or higher than the world. Uh, They're in the world and of it, rather than being in the world and not of it. The fashions are as immodest on Catholics as in the world. Um, Values and uh, decisions spent with time, we are no different than the world. And to our shame, we have disgraced and dishonored God. So, Whatever we have contributed to this today, and I think we've contributed largely, we can turn around now and repent and live for God and follow his design, not what we think is a better plan. We've been doing what we want all along, just like Adam and Eve. I'll do it my way. Let's do it God's way and say, but that's too simple, Mother, to just live morally as a family. It's too simple. God has not given us anything complicated. The gospel is simple. The scriptures are simple. The faith is simple. God has given us something that children can live. And if we decide we're adults who know more than God, we reap the fruit of that. let me continue with the article now. In a wide-ranging interview that covered his experience as a Catholic boy growing up under communism, his thoughts, and this is Bishop Athanasius Snyder now, his thoughts on what it means to be a Catholic family today, his thoughts on education, bad parishes and dioceses run by agenda-driven priests and bishops, as well as his views on on how faithful laity should address concerns about Pope Francis, the bishop laid out 12 steps that he said Catholic parents must take to safeguard their families and their children. And we'll go through that those 12 steps as soon as we come back from the break, beloved. And at the second break, we'll take your calls, your texts, and your emails. Don't go away. God bless you. affliction. Blessed, O Lord, be thy name forever. Who has permitted this affliction to come upon us? We cannot escape it, but must of necessity fly to thee to help us and turn it to our good. Lord, we are now in
0: affliction. Our souls are ill at ease, for we are much troubled with this present suffering. Let it please thee, O Lord, to deliver us, for poor wretches that we are. What can we do without thee? Thy mighty hand can do all
1: things. Give us patience, O Lord, and strength and peace. Help us, O God, and we will not fear, no matter how grievously we may be afflicted. O Lord, thy will be done. Welcome be the will of God. Sacred Heart of Jesus, we place our trust in thee. Amen.
0: To Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by Life News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1 877 511 5483 or email her at Mother at the Station of Welcome
1: back, dear ones, to Mother Miriam Live. With us is our uh, uh, second segment and as soon as this segment ends at the half hour break we'll take your calls your emails and your text and our toll-free number if you wish it in advance is one 877 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com we are uh, looking at an, um, an article on life site news five years ago speaking about uh, it's an interview with bishop athanasius snyder the auxiliary bishop of Um, uh, Astana, Kakistan, and um, he's just fabulous, and he he grew up in a communistic uh, system and home. They had no priests, they had no sacraments, uh, no church to go to, and he's one of the most holy, outstanding bishops of the church today uh, because of his home life. Um, That is the only solution to our world, beloved, and so... um, I mentioned that before, Bishop Schneider said that to survive in a heretical wasteland, Catholic parents must do this. These are 12 things, beloved, 12 steps. Number one, see persecution as a grace from God for becoming purified and strengthened, not simply as something negative. Two, become rooted yourself in the Catholic faith through study of the catechism. Number three, protect your family's integrity above all else. This article is so wonderful, beloved. I'm going to put it in the newsletter we're putting together now, but I'm going to expand on each point to help you uh, to know how to do that with your family, and your husband, your wife, your children. Number four, catechize your children as your first duty. Five, Pray with your children daily, such as litanies and the rosary. I'm talking about husbands and uh, mothers and fathers together. And if you're separated, the mother has to do it or the father has to do it. Um, Six, turn your home into a domestic church. Seven, in the absence of a priest and Sunday Mass, make spiritual communion. Eight. Withdraw your family from a parish spreading error and attend a faithful parish, even if you have to travel far. Number nine, withdraw your children from school if they are encountering immoral danger in sex ed. Number 10, if you cannot withdraw your children, establish a coalition of parents to fight for that right. 11. Fight for parental rights using available democratic tools. Twelve, be prepared for persecution in protecting your children. Um, The bishop said that being a Catholic family in the truest sense of the word is the key to survival. And here's a quote from Bishop Snyder. From my experience of the time of the persecution, the vital importance is the family the integrity of the family, and that both parents are deeply rooted in the faith. This is then transmitted to the children. I would like to say that the children have to receive the faith with the milk of the mother, and then the first task of the parents is to transmit to the children the purity, the beauty, the integrity of the Catholic faith in a simple matter— manner, end quote. He said that parents need to rise up to the responsibility of creating an environment within the home where children can flourish spiritually. Quote, I think this is today the main task for families, to establish a culture of domestic churches, he said. The article goes on, if children are being poisoned outside the home, such as in school, through hedonistic and nihilistic sex education programs then parents have the obligation to withdraw their children. Quote, you cannot expose your children to an immoral danger. It is impossible. Because if you say, dear ones, this is my little comment here, uh, the schools are ruining them. The schools are not. You are destroying your children by sending them there. Quote again from Bishop Athanasius. You cannot expose your children to an immoral danger. It is impossible. Catholic parents, in defending their children from this immorality, have to be even ready to suffer, yes, to suffer the consequences. End quote. Bishop Snyder said, if a country's laws make it impossible for withdrawal, he added, then parents should band together and fight for the right using whatever... Uh, democratic means are available if children are being poisoned from the pulpit the same logic applies and parents must find a faithful parish he said calling unfaithful priests and bishops traitors of the faith don't be afraid to do that beloved anyone we are not under obedience to falsehood or to tyranny or to traitors of the faith Quote, when pastors or members of the hierarchy contradict the teaching of Christ, the teaching of perpetual, the perpetual magisterium of the church, of the catechism, you have to withdraw your children from these churches and not go to them, even if you have to travel. 100 kilometers or however many miles to a faithful church. Bishop Snyder recounted how his parents were overjoyed to move to a location in the Soviet Union where there was a Catholic church within 100 kilometers. I'd have to uh, look it up to see what that translates in miles. But I'll tell you, when we were in Tulsa dear ones, we had families drive two and a half hours to come to our Latin mass parish. So uh, the faith is number one. I think that in the Western world, Bishop Snyder says, in the United States, you will find a church maybe closer than 100 kilometers where there may be a good priest. So avoid these churches where error is preached. Such places are destroying the faith of the people. These churches are destroying. We have to avoid them. Such people are traitors of the faith, even when they have the title of priest or bishop, he said. Bishop Snyder went on to give advice regarding how faithful Catholics who love the Pope and who do not wish to harm the papacy might express themselves in raising concerns about Pope Francis. Now again, this was five years ago, which is five years before *Traditionis Custodis came out, uh, which translates Guardians of the Faith. In issuing this motu proprio, Pope Francis has proved himself to be anything but a Guardian of the Faith, And he has uh, given the illusion that he thinks he's owner of the faith, which he is not. That's my comment. I'm going back to the article now. The church is not run like a dictatorship where no one can contradict the dictator. He said in adding that the Holy Father is our Father and Catholics must not be afraid to voice their cares and concerns to him over his governance of the church. And I'm just going to a little aside here. What if your home... And you've got children and their dad is uh, uh, drunk and drinking and or, or cheating or um, doing immoral things or harmful things. The children should say, Dad, uh, it's hard on us when you're drunk and it's hard on you. We're, we're afraid for you. Or, Dad, why are you telling us to lie? Or, We need to do that. That's what family is. It doesn't bring disrespect to the father. It brings great respect to him. The article continues. Um, that, uh, uh, well, Bishop Snyder ended his interview offering site News and its supporters his blessing. He said, God bless you and continue your holy and very precious work for family and marriage and for the gospel and the church. Um, today is the feast of St. Lawrence. Um, uh, a very, very a uh, holy um, deacon of the church, a deacon and martyr. Um, he is the patron of Rome students, miners, tanners, chiefs, and poor and the poor and firefighters. He was born in the third century, the year two twenty five. He died in two fifty eight, and he was canonized. Um, let me see now. Um, uh, done now. I'm going to read this little article by Death, uh, Deacon Keith Fournier. We'll have a few minutes for it. The year was 258. Many of you know about St. Lawrence. He is an uh, incredible martyr. Um, the year was 258 AD. He was. It was a difficult beginning for what would become the first Christian millennium. Hostility against the early father's the or, or sorry hostility against the early father, followers of jesus christ was growing the barbarianism and seven severity of pagan rome had begun to reach a fever pitch it would suit head to a blood lust the newborn christian church faithful to the one who had given himself for the life of the world continued the work of his redemption and beloved he's continuing it now he hasn't abandoned it roman authorities charged christians of that era with odium humani generis that is hatred of the human race the romans claimed to be citizens of a great empire yet they practiced primitive forms of abortion as well as exposure the killing of unwanted newborns first and second century rome was a cha- challenging mission field for these early christians rome proclaimed itself the shiny example to the world of its age, while it violated the natural moral law and embraced debauchery. Sound familiar? The day that Deacon Lawrence experienced his birth from death to life... His birth from death to life, that's his martyrdom, was an ominous and frightful day in ancient Rome. Four days earlier, the great bishop of Rome, Sixtus, was arrested by soldiers of the empire, Valerian, along with his beloved deacons, and beheaded. Valerian had issued an edict to the Roman Senate that all the Christian clergy, bishops, priests, and deacons were to be arrested and executed. (coughs) There were so many holy people among the martyrs of early Rome that it makes even more remarkable that the life and death of this one humble deacon Lawrence is attributed with all of Rome becoming Christian. Can you imagine that? One, You gave your life to Christ in the first centuries in Rome. It was It was suicide. You knew that you'd be martyred. But this one... Humble Deacon Lawrence is attributed with all of Rome becoming Christian. Oh, my goodness. Sentenced to death in the emperor's Valerian's sweeping condemnation of all Christian clergy, Lawrence offended the emperor and endeared himself to all Christians since then by assembling before Valerian the real gold and silver of the church, who was the poor. According to the Christian tradition, Deacon Lawrence, knowing that the fervor of Valerians hated um, the fervour of the Valerian's hatred was extended to all the Christians who owned property, they began to give it all away. He distributed the money and treasures of the church to the city's poor, believing the clear admonition of the Saviour that they were blessed and especially loved by him. Valerian heard the news and wanted the treasure to satisfy his unbridled lust for worldly power, so he offered Deacon Lawrence a way out of sure death. If he would show him where the church's great gold and silver were located, he would issue an order of clemency, sparing St. Lawrence's life, so that he continue his work. Um, there's the music for our second break, beloved. Let me see if I can continue this, just to finish this little article on St. Lawrence on This his Feast Day. As soon as we come back from the break, Then we'll take your calls, your emails, and your texts. And the toll-free number is 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. Beloved, this is mother miriam host of mother miriam live like the catholic current and the many other programs that originate from the station of the cross divine mercy in my soul is all about the messages that jesus revealed to saint faustina it is aired every sunday morning at 11 eastern and tuesday nights at 8 p.m or you can listen anytime to divine mercy in my soul on the i catholic radio mobile app
2: And this is joe McLean, host of the catholic drive time morning show joining you on the station of the cross each weekday morning at 7 a.m we'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day that's the catholic drive time weekday morning 7 a.m on the station of the cross and the iCatholic radio app we'll see you then may god love you
1: Um, This is our half hour together, but I'm going to be selfish and take just a couple of minutes to finish this wonderful article by Deacon Keith Fournier on Deacon Lawrence, whose feast day it is today, who's one of the greatest martyrs of the church. He lived in the first millennium of Christianity, third century around the year 250, and uh, he was sentenced to death by the Emperor Valerian's sweeping condemnation of all Christian clergy. Lawrence offended the emperor and endeared himself to all Christians by assembling before Valerian the real gold and silver of the church, which is the poor. Listen, according to the Christian tradition, Deacon Lawrence, knowing that the fervor of Valerian's hatred was extended to all Christians who owned property, he began to give it all away. He distributed the money and treasures of the church to the city's poor, believing the clear admonition of the Savior that they were blessed and especially loved by him. Valerian heard the news and wanted the treasure to satisfy his unbridled lust for worldly power, so he offered Deacon Lawrence a way out of sure death. If he would show him where the church's great gold and silver were located, he would issue an order of clemency, sparing his life so that he could continue his work. Valerian was delighted when the deacon asked for three days to gather all the gold and silver of the church together in one central place. His pride and greed filled, um, blinded him um, from seeing the truth. For three days, Deacon Lawrence went through the city and invited the beloved poor handicapped and misfortunate to come together they were being supported by a thriving early christian community who understood the gospel imperative to recognize jesus in the poor when valerian arrived deacon lawrence presented him with the true gold and silver of the church the poor the emperor was filled with rage beheading was not enough for this christian deacon he ordered deacon lawrence to be burned alive in public on a griddle witnesses recorded the public martyrdom the deacon cheerfully offered himself to the lord jesus and even joked with his extra executioners the tradition records massive conversions um, the Christian faith as a result of the holy life and death of one deacon who understood the true heart of his vocation. He was poured out like his master Jesus Christ the servant in redemptive love on behalf of others. It is still said to this day that all of Rome became Christian as a result of the faithful life and the death of this one humble deacon. He was buried in a ceremony on the Via um, uh, Tibutina, it looks like. On that spot, Constantine would later build a basilica. Um, The article goes on, but I, uh, I don't know that I want to take up all our time. Um... Here, here uh, St. Augustine said of St. Uh, Lawrence years later, <clears throat> reflecting on the heroism of St. Lawrence in a sermon preached on his feast day, emphasizing that his life and death were an example for all Christians to emulate Quote, I tell you again and again, my brethren, this is St. Augustine, that in the Lord's garden are to be found not only the roses of his martyrs, in it there are also the lilies of the virgins the ivy of wedded couples and the violets of widows on no account may any class of people despair thinking that god has not called them this is tremendous beloved just tremendous no matter what you're facing now no matter what fears don't fear don't fear fear is the enemy's tactic it's president biden's tactics the holy father's tactics Can you imagine forbidding people to come to Mass if they're not vaccinated at the Vatican? Can you even imagine such thing that has happened? Um, Do not fear. Fear is the tool of the devil. It is not of God. Humanly, if we're attacked, we can humanly fear. But don't live in fear. Don't live worrying about what's going to happen. Live your faith as you never before have now, in peace and in love and make your children your absolute priority. Um, we're going to go now to our calls and our emails and our texts. And again, dear ones, the uh, toll free number is 1 877 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of the um, We have an email from Rick who says, Dear Mother Miriam, I'm a recent follower of your show and found you on Shalom World and loved your Saving Hope series. I had graduated college seminary many, many years ago and had entered a few different Carmelite orders who were not following the rule of Carmel at all. I guess the devil works in odd ways of pride and ego. I became extremely discouraged and left the church for many years, about 28 to be exact and have come back with fervor in the last two years to the Catholic faith. Unfortunately, I'm 58, and too old to pursue priesthood or religious life now. I'm not sure about that. Um, uh, there are late vocations. 58 may not be too old to, prefer, to pursue priesthood or religious life, or at least the, the diaconate. He says, but I've recently looked up many of my classmates, only to find that several have been defrocked for abuse some left to marry and have children, and other to, uh, another to marry a same-sex partner and raise an adopted child. And the most distressing one sadly committed suicide in the rectory. Oh, what This is just a picture of our day. How awful. He goes on to say, Rick says, I'm distressed about the friend who took his life and the one who's married to a same-sex partner. What are your thoughts regarding the state of their souls? Um... I pray for all of them daily and speak regularly to the one who married uh, a very nice woman and has two children, although in the back of my mind I always think, how could you have left? Thank you very much for your show. I also knew Father Benedict Rochelle and was sad to hear of his passing. He was a great priest. Sincerely, Rick. Rick, I have no way to know the state of a soul of someone in a same-sex marriage or who committed suicide. I have no way to know that um i do know that while somebody's in a same sex marriage or union they are uh, they have chosen hell and the only way to be on the way to heaven is to repent and uh, come out of that and turn to god and live a holy life it's the only way as far as the one who committed suicide only god knows the state of that soul um We think of suicide as mortal sin, from which we can't reverse because we'll be dead. But we have no idea what God has done. We don't know the state of the mind. We don't know the state of the soul. Only God knows that. Only God knows the individual's accountability and what they've been through in life. And only God, at the last minute, um, can uh, help them towards salvation. One person asked, I think it was Father Hardin, some time back, They knew that a friend or relatives of theirs who committed suicide from jumping from a bridge who was evil, didn't believe in God, and they said, he's in hell, what are we going to do? Well, nothing to do if he's in hell. But Father Hardin said, how long does it take to jump from the bridge to get into the water below? And they said, seven seconds. And he said, you have no idea what God can do in those seven seconds. You do not know this. So we pray for souls. We don't despair, but we pray and we do everything while we have opportunity on earth to get them out of their lifestyle of sin and despair. We have an email from Tracy who said, Mother, I've just graduated college, and I'm struggling to find my independence. I moved out of my parents' home and into my own apartment, but I often miss the company. I don't have a lot of family in state, so I don't really have anyone else that I know I can rely on. Can you offer me any advice? Well, Tracy, <clears throat> if you moved away from your parents, um, and into your own apartment for independence, then you probably don't even have independence. Because if you could have a dependence, you can have it equally living at home with your parents. Independence is not isolation. It doesn't mean that you have to live on your own. You have with your family, you can grow and have a job and be mature and compare it, uh, contribute to your, your family's support. You can do many things from home. You don't have to live out. So it seems, um, and if you say, I don't have a lot of family in state, I, so I don't really have anyone that I know to rely on well, then you're then you're not independent. Then you don't want to be independent. Living apart from your parents does not make you independent. If you need someone to rely on, then you don't want independence. Tracy, dear one, I don't know how, you've, how far you've gone from your family or how long it's been, but I would say if you miss them, if you uh, miss their company, if they don't mind your being at home and you've learned that it's a better place for you, go back. Don't let pride stand in the way. You're not a failure. You're a failure if you don't respond to what is true. So go back home. Talk to your parents. Say, I thought this was the way to independence, and it's not. I love you. I miss you. Can I come back home? And you'll get a job, and you'll grow up. You'll be independent. Maybe you'll date. Maybe you'll have a vocation. Um, so that's what I would suggest, Tracy, um, if you don't have anyone you know you can lie, rely on and your parents will take you back in the house, go go for it. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and short of that, get a little apartment next door to them. Do what you can to live close so you can just be in walking distance and stay as a family. And then apart from that, of course, Tracy, get involved in everything you can in reaching out to the poor, in teaching the faith to children, and living your Catholic faith fully. We have uh, an email from Mark who writes, if someone is a member of a non-Catholic church slash religion, perhaps Protestant, for example, does God consider all the years they were a member of that church to be a wasted time since the Catholic church is the one true church? You know, St. Augustine said, late have I come to love thee. And he considers all the years before he returned to the church as, as wasted. But don't worry about that. Um, don't worry about wasted time. Um, if, if they come into the Catholic Church, even like the... Th- do you think the thief on the cross next to Jesus, um, who was dying and said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom? And Jesus said, you will be today. You'll be with me in paradise. Uh, do you think the thief on the cross didn't say, oh my God, I've wasted my whole life. I've wasted my whole life. But the fact is he was going to paradise with Jesus, and that is what matters. So don't worry about wasting life. Uh, Once we come to the knowledge of the truth, we convert and we give our whole lives to it. And let God worry about the past. Um, uh, Your past will help you reach out to many other people that need to come into the true church. We have an email from somebody who writes in anonymously and says, Mother, what is your reaction to the recent criminal charges against former Cardinal Theodore McCarrick? I know this has been a huge story in the church for a couple of years now, and it feels like this may be the final solution. I'd like to hear your thoughts. I don't know, dear one, what is the final solution. I hate those words because it refers back to the Holocaust, but you mean the final solution for Theodore McCarrick. I have no idea. Um, I don't think his being convicted on criminal charges is any final solution. There are hundreds of seminarians and, and young men that he has violated who have taken their lives. There's no solution to him. If he's put in jail for this one account it doesn't touch the evil that he's done and the lives that he has destroyed so um those are my thoughts um it's it's there's no solution to him he's in god's hands now <clears throat> unless by an extraordinary grace of god he truly repents there's the music dear ones now for our final segment um, I miss you calling in. Feel free; our lines are wide open, and the toll-free nine is toll-free line is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three. Or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
0: of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received.
3: I'm a a widower, parent of... Three almost adults and listen to you guys around the clock father mctig society of jesus he's wonderful mother mary of course the divine office and many other great things that station of the cross does so thanks very much for your great work
1: i had a friend at work email me and tell me about the station of the cross a couple months after it started and i was so excited i tuned into it and i found that i love the catholic station
0: if you've been blessed by listening to the station of the cross let us know know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112, then share your testimonial with us.
3: We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, Or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day Thank you for helping to save the culture.
0: Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSight News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com.
1: Welcome back, beloved family, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. We've got a little more than 10 minutes, and you're welcome to call in. Our lines are wide open. Toll free 1 877 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of We have a text from Jacqueline who writes Do you believe there's such a thing as caring about others too much? I try to put others before myself. That I do. <clears throat> but it often leaves me feeling neglected, unappreciated, and taken advantage of. It gets tiring worrying about how others are doing when it feels like no one is worrying how I am doing. Forgive me if that seems unrighteous of me, as that surely is not my intention. Thanks, Mother Jacqueline. Jacqueline, my dear one, it doesn't seem unrighteous of you. It seems very self-centered of you. That's now the opposite of what you're trying to tell me. You say you're caring about others too much, and I'm telling you it's self-centered. When we're truly caring about others, not just wanting to earn points with them, not wanting them to recognize how good we are, if we truly care about them, it has nothing to do with us. And we would not feel neglected, unappreciated, or taken advantage of. Because that's not where we're at. We're not expressing those needs. We're really caring for others. Do you think Jesus, when he gave his life for us on the cross, cared for us too much? Do you think he felt neglected and unappreciated and taken advantage of? No, no. He gave himself totally. If you're truly caring about others, it will matter nothing to you if they care about you or what they think. Your focus will be them and not yourself. This, dear Jacqueline, shows that you say you are, gets tiring worrying about how others are doing when it feels like no one's worrying about what I'm doing. Then you're not really, truly uh, giving your life away for others. You are very needy, and you need people to love and appreciate you. The only cure for that is to really give your life away for others. When we, want, when we feel needy, we, want, we feel neglected, we feel unloved, the only cure is to give our life away to others like Jesus did. And you say you're doing that, but you're not doing that. You're doing it hoping to get a return. As long as you hope to get a return, your caring for others is ultimately a selfish act. So, Jacqueline, this is a hard thing for you to, to grasp and to face up to, but you've got to know that you personally are needy, and your efforts to care about others, which you think could be even too much, is an effort for you to be loved in return, and people to want recognize how wonderful and caring a person you are. You've got to get over that. Self-pity, self-love uh, is, destroys us destroys us. You give your life away to others and forget everything else that has nothing to do with whether they love you or appreciate you or anything else. Your life is in God's hands. He's the only one for you to consider whether he appreciates you or loves you, and he does. That you know. So serve him by serving others and wanting nothing, absolutely nothing in return. We have an email from somebody who writes in anonymously and says, Hi, Mother Miriam. I hope you're doing well. I'm writing to ask a serious question related to the sacrament of marriage. Hold on. Is sex within a Catholic marriage sinful? Now, before I go on to the rest of your email, I say absolutely no. There are kinds of sex within a, a, a Catholic marriage that are sinful because they're disrespectful and they are animalistic and they they don't respect the human body or the or the or the relationship of the two becoming one so there can be sinful marriage sinful sex within a catholic marriage a husband has no right to do whatever he wants to his wife or vice versa you need to be loving and respectful and stay away from debauchery but sex within a catholic marriage is not sinful it's holy it's what god has created I'll go on now with the email. Um, This uh, person says, I know that outside of marriage it is sinful, right? However, because it comes across as a very visual act, it appears very dangerous, even within marriage. Well, it should not. If you're married, um, it should not appear very dangerous. If it appears dangerous, again, your love is defective love wants to give itself for the, for the beloved. There's no danger. There's no worry about harming the other person. Uh, it should not appear very dangerous whatsoever, not even because it's visual. Think of Adam and Eve. There was no danger there before the fall um, in their marital union, and God does not intend that to be dangerous. Um, this uh, person goes on to say, I remember reading a quote which stated something like this, those who engage in sex are in great danger of committing a great sin, and few are those who do so without sinning. That's right, but that's outside of marriage. That's not in marriage. That is outside of marriage. Your vocation is to engage in sexual relations within marriage, to propagate the earth. That's your vocation. And he continues, if this is so, and I ask this with humility and simplicity, why would our dear Lord permit that the conception of babies involve the marital act, which is very visual? Well, it's not so. That's the point. It's so. um, Those who sin uh, are sinning outside of marriage, not within marriage. And he says, I'm writing from Australia. Thank you for answering this question. May God keep you well. I hope that helped. Um, there is nothing wrong. Its Sex is holy within marriage. It is God's design to fill his earth and get us to heaven. There's nothing unholy about it. If someone is tempted to unholy sex within marriage, then they have to get some counseling and know that their love is short and that they have um, uh, maybe a psychological or other problem that they need to deal with. We have an email from uh, Katerina who says, Dear Mother Miriam, first of all, thank you so much for your wonderful show and beautiful, wise, and kind words. Thank you for being you. I love listening to your show. It helps me so much and also brings me peace. Thanks so much, Katerina. That that's encourages me, too. She says, I would like to ask you for a little advice. I'm from Slovakia and I live in Boston with my family. My dad, who is 87, still lives in Slovakia. We would not go to see him last summer because of COVID, and we were planning to go this summer. But the situation in Europe is strange, and rules are changing every day. When we get there, we would have to be quarantined for eight days. Then we would have to have a negative test. Since my dad is in a retirement house, we would have to get tested every third day so we could see him." or we can take him out, but then he would have to get tested. They also require negative tests to go to supermarkets and churches. I wanted to go badly, but I did not go because I am so scared that they will start new passports and I would not have to get vaccinated. And I would have to get vaccinated so I can come back to Boston. Since I will not get vaccinated, I decided not to go. But now my heart is breaking, not seeing my dad for so long, I would like to ask if I made a good decision or I should just go and pray that everything will work out. Thank you so much. Sending lots of love, Katarina. Katarina, we have um, uh, 10 seconds to our closing music. This is a very hard decision. Um, If you're in Boston with your family, your family comes first, not your dad. And the only way for you to go to Slovakia to see your dad is to... um, Confirm before you leave that you may never see your family again unless you get the COVID shot and come back to Boston. That's the basis on which you go. As much as you miss your dad, your family comes first. In your shoes, with the way things are going, I would not go. I would do everything I can to write my dad every day, to call him, spend time with him on the phone. Maybe there's Facebook or Face uh, Time. Skype or something like that I would do everything you could to be in touch with him but I would not make that trip if because again my family comes first and your first obligation is to them not to be stuck in Slovakia so that you can't come back to them so that's my thought dear one God bless you God bless all of you and God willing we'll speak with you tomorrow